looked me dead ass, dead ass in the eyes, looked at me, and she goes, okay, baby, that was beautiful, but you just won't be a star. And, <gasps> no. And that's okay. I was like, wait. And then she's like, no, it's okay, baby. You don't have to be a star. You can just do a great performance, and you can look beautiful wow. and be safe. <laughs> Welcome back to the Core Self Podcast. I'm Chloe. And I'm Mona. Mona, where are you? We're digital. <laughs> we're, doing, <laughs> we're actually doing this digital today. Or is it digital or virtual? Virtual. Di- virtual. Oh my God, Chloe. We just we're aged so ourselves old. hardcore. Oh <laughs> digital. <laughs> Guys, pretend you didn't hear that. We're doing this virtual today because I'm in Utah and the Wi-Fi is not the best. So I hope this works out. <laughs> I'm in New York. My Wi-Fi is amazing. However, I miss you. And I'm so excited because I have one of my closest friends on the podcast today. And it was really, really amazing to put you guys together and to introduce you finally, you know, at this level. Yes, I was honestly, I've heard about Sana for years. Like you guys always go to the foot massage, you get your nails done. Like, I, you know, she's one of your best friends. So to finally get to talk to her, even though it was in an interview, it was still felt really intimate. I, I like really fell in love with her. Yeah, this was really like us three girls FaceTiming about everything girl talk and and, and, but she's just so she's so amazing if you all aren't familiar with Sanaa Lathan she was born and raised in New York City and is the daughter of actress and dancer Eleanor McCoy and film director Stan Lathan actually he's like a film and TV icon (laughs) Stan Lathan just like her whole family is iconic Um, her mother was actually principal dancer one of the first dancers of the um, Harlem Dance Theater Alvin Ailey she studied at Juilliard as well and, you know, Sna's career really uh, took off after her iconic performance in Love and Basketball, which is, you know, not only a cult classic, but just a huge inspirational film. She's done Succession, uh, Curb Your Th- Enthusiasm, Alien vs. Predator. I mean, like the list goes on forever. And she's done Broadway. She studied at UC Berkeley and Yale. She's just so smart and she's so spiritual and she's everything. I'm so excited um, to talk to her today about her directorial debut on The Come Up and so much more. Well, you guys, I think that was a great intro. You're going to love this interview. And yeah, enjoy. Sanat. Well, first of all, it's so nice to virtually meet you because you're Chloe's best friend and I've heard so many things about you guys. I know you guys always go get your nails done together. This is like a whole thing. And I just want to first talk about how you guys met and how you got so close. Well, I feel like we met like whatever. We've known each other from the industry, but I think we really bonded over dieting. Really? (laughs) I feel like we both quit drinking at the same time and we were like doing it for health reasons and we bonded over that and I was like want to do soul cycle and you were like yeah but no and then like I'd be like are you sure you want to do soul cycle like and I was just always like be like inviting you to soul cycle and then we just became (laughs) friends that way through exercise I swear Mona yeah it's so true it was a party that I was invited to I remember and I was actually in my drinking days, I don't drink anymore at all. But like even in my drinking days, I would always because I come from a very holistic mother. And if you saw her, you would see like the benefits of that. So I would always stop for a while. And I was in the mode of kind of grappling with this habit that I knew was kind of slowly overtaking me. And I went to this exclusive party and Chloe was there and she wasn't I was watching everybody with their drinks and she didn't 
get a drink. And I was like, wait, you don't drink? And she said, no, I don't. And then she basically told me her story about how she didn't drink for years and how it was easy and how she went out. And so it was kind of like an inspiration to me. I was just so intrigued because at that point in my life, I was surrounded by people. Everybody was like, how could you ever not drink? You're either like super sober because you have a problem or you're like a heavy drinker, you know? And so I knew that it was, you know, it wasn't like a super problem for me, but I knew that I was out out of balance and I knew that I didn't want to kind of go into like the future years with this habit that I knew was toxic. And especially in the way that I was doing it. Well, I love that you said, I haven't had a drink in two years and really mine is- Oh, that's so great. It's great. It's mine's more for gut health, but now it's made me discover how much more confident I've become without it. And it's really taught me a lot. And I Uh love what you said, because when you say, I don't drink, people assume you had a problem. So I've even caught myself filtering. I don't drink too too much. I'm not a big drinker because I just want to avoid the- numerous questions. And I'm sure in Hollywood, people assume you have issues, right? Exactly. Honestly, I started drinking really to kind of as a social lubricant. I am naturally, even though I'm an actress, I'm naturally kind of an introverted person and I feel people. I'm an empath, what you call an empath. And so when I walk into a party, it's like, it's almost like too much stimulation. And so When I was young in the business and had to do red carpets and had to schmooze, which I was never good at, I would just be like, oh, let me have a couple drinks before I go. Mm. And then over the years, that kind of became this habit of like self-medicating for the purpose of feeling more comfortable. And we all know that it is very addictive to the brain. Like, so even if you don't necessarily have a predisposition to it, just by doing it, you're going to become more and more and more addicted. So later in life, I was feeling like I was needing it. And I don't like to feel like I'm needing something, especially that you we know is a, a known neurotoxin. I was never able to, able to be the person who was like, oh, I'll just have... I wasn't interested in having one drink. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. <laughs> What's the point, honestly? I agree. <laughs> <laughs> like, There's no point. You either get drunk or don't. <laughs> All that to say, that's how we bonded. Chloe, it was weird because I had like my long-term friends who I had been friends with for 10, 15 years. And Chloe just kept calling me or no, she kept texting me. Do you want to go to SoulCycle? And and after the fifth time, I just really didn't want to go. (laughs) But I really liked her. But then I felt bad and I didn't know her personality. Chloe doesn't really kind of, she has such a thick skin. She doesn't take things personally. So after the fifth time I called her, remember I called you? Like, and why like, is she calling me? I was so uncomfortable. I was like, oh my God, it's a yes or no question. Exactly. Why is she calling? Because I was over there feeling bad. Like, oh, she really wants to hang out and she's feeling bad. She wasn't thinking. She was just, I love that part like of her personality. She's just kind of like, you know, does what she wants to do and doesn't take things personally. And um, I was like, I really don't feel like going to Soul Cycle, but can we could just go to lunch or something? And she was like, yeah. But it's just so funny because she was so freaked out by the call. And that's the difference in our generation. Mm. Like she's really kind of like, you know, I mean, you could Google my age, but my generation, there was, you weren't texting people that you wanted to, you know, be friends with. You call. Yep. I am curious about you saying that you grew up with a very holistic mom because I think that's so interesting. And I, I know you are 
you're pretty spiritual because we all are. So I'm just curious if that played in and or sometimes that can turn you off when your parents push that on you too Uh much. So, yeah, um, my mom grew up, you know, in the 50s and 60s, black artist in Harlem. She was in the original Almanelli Company. Um, she was on Broadway in the original Wiz. And so she was, She talk about empaths. She's even more of an empath than I am. And growing up that in that period as a young Black artist who was so gifted, but the world was not, it was even less safe than it is now for women of color. And it hit her hard. And she got after she had me, when I when I was about five, just life hit her so hard and she got so sick where she went down to 80 pounds. She went to every doctor in the country, like the best doctors. My dad and her were together and he tried to find the best doctors. Everybody gave her something different to do. Nothing worked until she found this Japanese dietitian and herbalist who basically changed her diet I was five years old. It was very close to what we see now as like a macrobiotic diet. It was like brown rice every night, you know, azuki beans, fermented vegetables, uh, probably similar to what you grew up with, Chloe. Um, No metal spoons in the house. We had wooden spoons. We had clay pots. Even fruit we, we didn't really have a lot of. Wow. And so that healed her. And so my whole childhood, and I feel like she ruined me because my whole childhood was like super strict, no sugar. And when you have a child who's like, has all these rules in a weird way, you kind of rebel. Anyway, it healed her. She still, you know, she doesn't have to adhere to it now, but she always goes back to it. If you look at my fridge, it's always super healthy, no matter what I'm eating, even if if I'm ordering Postmates. That's just how I was raised. So I know the benefit of what you put in your body, how it affects your health. And I really believe in that because I saw it firsthand. And I still struggle with it. I think for me, my I have kind of a little bit of an addictive personality. And so I just have to always kind of keep things in check. Chloe knows I'm always on to like some new diet program (laughs) which means i'm always on to some new diet yeah i'm like okay let's try this let's try that (laughs) do them together every time supportive best friend i love it (laughs) exactly she's so good and we have the same mom so we have the same issues the same mom yeah she has a very similar mom in terms of health right yes what about your so tell tell us a little bit about your mom you know, it's funny. I'm Iranian and I grew up eating a lot of healthy food just because it's a big part of our culture is fruits. And like I'd have a fruit plate every night and we have tons of herbs and all. Oh, that's beautiful. Like, so I've always had, I remember going to college and cutting a grapefruit and making, and my roommates were like, what is that? Just like very American, didn't grow up eating a lot of fruit, you know? But she didn't, you know, my mom came here when she was 16 and I don't think she really knew about holistic health. Like she, we, we would eat McDonald's and thought it was healthy because it was chicken. So I really learned mm-hmm. that as I got older. And it's funny because even now I think Persian moms have this like, eat more, eat more, eat more because it's their way of showing love. But their love language. But yeah. I try to tell her like, you're not loving me by pushing me. You know, these things aren't really serving me. So my mom is, I feel like my mom and your mom, Chloe, are the opposite. In a lot of ways, yeah. Sounds like it. And not spiritual. So I I discovered spirituality, I'd say, the last year and a half. I mean, it's 
completely changed my life. And Chloe shared a lot about you because of that. Like we both, we both discovered that we were spiritual in, in the last year. I didn't even know that about her. So then she started sharing a lot about you. And I know that you've just been in this work for so long. And I'm just curious, like when your mom was healing or when she taught you, so much of that is intertwined in terms of holistic medicine, right? Well, yeah, there's two separate things with her. Like she, just because of how the world affected her as a very highly sensitive being, she needed tools just as I need. I found out, I was always like the the kid that's like, oh, whatever, you're, you're going to a new church. So my mom was what I called like a spiritual seeker. So there was there were years where she were she was like you know doing uh, Yoruba like African tradition uh, religions she was she went through periods of studying you know Islam Christianity like literally she was one of those people but I remember coming into the business as an actress and it being very hard uh, it's a it was a very different time than it is now there were like literally like two roles for like the handful of black actresses that were actually working. And that was very hard to be a freelance artist and then have all this time in between all this rejection. And you basically have to just really live off of faith completely. For me, I, that was the beginning of my, I was like, I need something else. I need something that's going to help me get through this. And for me, that was the beginning of my kind of spiritual seeking, reading a lot of books and basically beginning what I call like my toolbox. I have like a toolbox now. And I kind of took that from my mom where you take like the gems from, you know, every little thing. I really believe in that taking. That's why I love all religions. Like, you know, Uh at school, I celebrated Seder. You know, my dad's Buddhist. My uncle's a Catholic priest. My mom is atheist, but now she's Christian. Uh Let's not even get into that. But, you know, (laughs) like, I think there's a little bit every religion is correct to me. They're all correct. They're all there to provide hope, to provide a service. And like, uh-huh. when you take little pieces of everything, um, I think that's what makes you better. That w- yeah. That's what makes you grow. So two things that have been really huge in terms of like my spirituality is basically I had a really tough year. I don't know, like 10 years ago, I had a, a stalker. It was actually around the time we met Chloe. Yeah, I remember your stalker. It was like probably like six or seven years ago, seven or eight. That is one of my biggest fears. I'm sorry. Like, No, this was scary. Anyway, it was a very hard year. My best friend just died. This is way before, obviously, COVID. And it was like she got the flu and she was as healthy as I am, even healthier. Didn't drink, didn't smoke, didn't do drugs or anything and like got the flu. And then like four days later, she you know, it turned into like some sepsis and then she died of a heart attack in the hospital, like on my birthday. So that was extremely traumatic. Then I did this movie, which was a stalker movie, which was all at night. And when you're acting, your body doesn't know the difference between the real emotions. So if I'm happy, my body really feels I'm happy. If I'm traumatized, my body is really feeling that, even though intellectually I'm knowing. So I wasn't dealing with this. And then literally like four months later, all of a sudden I started having panic attacks and I didn't know what a panic attack was. You don't hear about panic attacks like in my family or in the black community. Uh, I had had a friend who had told me she had panic attacks and I was like, girl, just breathe. Like, you know, that that's not real. You could just breathe that away. <laughs> I went to the doctor. 
he was like, you are not dealing with the anxiety and the trauma that you've been going through. And so your body, your brain is going to deal with it for you when you don't deal with it. He's like, I can put you on medication. Because of the nature of my childhood, I was like, okay, I don't want to start with medication. Maybe I'll eventually go on medication because this is not, it's not conducive <laughs> to living five times a day having to go through this. But I had remembered actually that Russell Simmons, actually, uh, who was my dad's partner for many years, turned me on to um, transcendental meditation. He just as a gift one day kind of sent a a teacher to me and it's a four day course and I learned it, but it was like years before this had happened. So I still had my mantra and I vaguely remembered her saying that Vietnam vets come back from war and they deal with their PTSD with this kind of meditation. So I was like, so I called her up and she was like, yeah, we can help. The day I started doing this meditation, 20 minutes, twice a day, they went away. Wow. I was there with you. Yes. I was with you the day. The I was so blown away. I was like, what the fuck is wow. this? And so it's then I crazy. did a deep dive. And then TM specifically is very researched because it was brought to, you know, America by a bunch of rich white men. <laughs> and basically it lowers blood pressure without without medication, it, as well as blood pressure medication. It is now endorsed by the American Heart Association as a as something to um, consider, like the American Heart Association. It um, slows down the thinning of the gray matter on the brain, which is associated with all brain diseases. And then there's all the spiritual side, which I know it made me more creative. I know it it gave me more inspiration in my creative life. So anyway, I became obsessed and now that's just a part of my life. Like, you know, I'll go through periods where I don't do it, but I just did it just now. You know, it's, it's, oh, it also causes deep rest. So 20 minutes, if you're not sleeping, 20 minutes of this kind of meditation actually gives you some deep rest that will account for the not sleeping. So I just became just such a lover of that and was blown away. And I now believe that it's not just this kind of meditation, that it's any kind of meditation. There's so many, you know, yeah. that, you know, I always suggest to people, you know, you can investigate this if that floats your boat. But if not, you can literally Google meditation and there's so many different types. So I'm a big believer in that. Yeah, I think Sanaa and I actually really bonded and our friendship became even stronger because we both believe that there are other ways to solve illnesses without the use of pharmaceutical drugs. Right. And we really bonded over that. And I know I was there with her. Um, you know, like Deepak Chopra has been trying to get me to meditate for 150 <laughs> years. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever, whatever. And then I was with you at Sushi Park when you had your I last guess. panic attack. And you were like, I'm having a panic attack. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And you were like, I'm just going to go to the bathroom and try meditating. And you came back and you never had it again. And because of that experience, I was like, yo, that works. Wow. I saw it work. And I saw her panic attack. It was intense. She was really having a panic attack. She came out of that bathroom and she was. Yeah. Dude, like, wow. I was a pill, right? Yeah. That's so inspiring because a lot of times the reason people avoid the deep spiritual work is because it's not an instant result, whereas the pill is. But in your case, that was actually an instant result. It was like years of meditating. Exactly. 
Can you tell me your, like, what is your protocol in terms of your health and your your daily thing? I'm always curious about other people. I, I guess um, my health journey uh, evolved so much over the last like 10, 15 years because I, it started out with just like, I'm going to diet and that's healthy. And then I went fully plant-based, but it was a lot of processed food. And right now, just through you know, even pharmacy school, it's funny, I hate medication, but just understanding how the body worked and processed, like all of that that went into it. I'm at a place now where I just want to eat clean, simple, natural, holistic. So, you know, whatever diet type anyone wants to follow, I've seen firsthand that everyone is different. And it's so naive, I think, to assume that we're only supposed uh-huh. to eat a certain way. Everyone should only eat keto or everyone should only... Certain foods weren't put on earth for us to never consume. Like some bodies handle it more. And I think that as you grow and age and, you know, one day when I'm pregnant, I might eat completely different than I'm eating now. So my biggest thing is, right, just eating extremely clean. So you you won't find many packaged things. And if you do, there's like four ingredients that don't include gums or citric acid, things like that. I love that. I need to be better about that. I I mean, I love it. So I guess it's almost intertwined into my life. Do you cook a lot or do you have like a chef or? I cook. I love, I love cooking. There's something therapeutic to me when I see I'm getting that uh, whole food and that produce, right? And I'm cutting it myself and cooking it. I just think all of that ties into. It does. And energy goes into food. Yes. I but I think when you're healthy as you evolve and the more you learn, you can't help but uh, get into the spiritual mindfulness aspect because you realize how much everything affects you and everything is connected. You said something that I just have to comment on about how you got um anxiety and tra- how your body doesn't know the difference between a roll and Chloe knows this. We've been friends for what almost 8 or 9 years now and I won't watch a scary movie. My body can't handle it. And I've I and she we've learned we've learned that people are different because she can watch it and it bounces off of her. Whereas for me, it like I'll have nightmares. So I totally understand that. Yeah, but I can't watch forensic files. I can't watch true stuff. You can't watch true just oh, like no. I can't watch Dateline. I'm like yeah. Dateline is Ch- Texas Chainsaw Massacre on I think that there's a cut because I always try to find a real reason because I, I don't really love horror milk movies either. People who are not necessarily, I think people, it's like cathartic. Like that maybe, I I don't know, maybe, this is just my theory. Maybe there, it's a way to get out those emotions of fear. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, I like spicy food too. Is that the same reason I like scary movies? <laughs> <laughs> like I like the pain. <laughs> the pain, I don't know. So different. But Sanal, will you, will you do a movie now that you know could cause you that anxiety? Like, will you play in a role that's like just going to be, or if it's like, this is too traumatic or too close to home? You know, I just did a a movie in North Carolina where the woman, the character, it's so, her her character was heavy. It was like, she was molested as a child. Both her parents died. Then her son gets murdered and her husband drops dead. Like it was as bad as it gets. And I swear to God, the way I said, I'm going to use this as like a sponge for me and couching it in that it was, I felt so good after I felt like it was actually cathartic for me. I was like, I'm going to use this character to get out any stuff that's in there, you know? So it was kind of the first time that I 
kind of looked at it that way. And it didn't feel like it was hurtful to me. Every, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It felt like, it's like I set the intention and then maybe the, you know, my body heard me and it was really like, okay, let's just get it all out. What do you think? I'm just curious about your like evolution from acting to directing, right? Because I wonder, you know, sometimes even with, I mean, at anyone's career, right? You're like, oh, I've reached my peak in this. Now I want to do something else. Or do you just like to bounce back and forth? It's so funny because my cousins reminded me that when I was a teenager, I would say, I want to be a director. I never said I wanted to be an actress. Oh. And then I, I was in a, I was always acting and doing the arts. And then I auditioned for Yale School of Drama. I think in my mind, I was like, if I could get in here, then maybe I'll I'll pursue it. But I hadn't decided I was going to pursue it. And because I got in, it was such a rigorous training program. You do like 30 plays before the, before in three years. I had fallen in love with acting and I, and I went on that road and it just took every ounce of my being to just be an actress, a black actress in this business. And even with the success that I had. And so it wasn't until the pandemic 2019, the pandemic, which I think it did for everybody, where you just had to kind of sit in your house, it made us kind of look at ourselves. And um, I got offered to do this short and I decided to direct it. And then, and it was literally just out of kind of just, I don't know, it just felt like it was destiny. Cause as soon as I showed my short to my agent, they were like, can we start submitting you? And I was like, sure. And I'm thinking in a couple of years, I'll direct. Within weeks, the director of On The Come Up had fallen out. They had just started working on it. And then I got the opportunity to pitch um, because directors have to audition as well. They have to pitch. I did a 40 page deck and I pitched against three other directors. Chloe was with me the whole time. I was like pitching, I was practicing on, on FaceTime, but it was a long pitching process. You have to go through many different in, you know, in rounds. And I finally got the job and I swear to God, it was, it was like going through it made me realize how much I wanted it. I, it was the first time I had cried after I got something since Love It Basketball. Wow. And it was a really wonderful experience. And so now I just think of myself as a storyteller. I'm a person who is a storyteller through acting, through directing, through producing. You know, I just, that's just my thing. I still love acting. I think I'm going to do it forever. Um, directing does take years to do. So I'm going to be very selective with that kind of thing. I kind of want to just ask a fun question for you too. Is there like a great story you can tell us about a night out together? You guys have had so many nights out in New York. Something that you want to share on the podcast. And if you don't, don't worry. But <laughs> you're both you, they're both smiling. Let's tell the story about your Cardi B performance and how I'm your I'm your performance coach. Oh my god. <laughs> Sana, I always thank Sana and everything because she is my <laughs> performance coach. And she, I, I asked her to come over to the studio, the Babyface's studio, and I was like, I'm preparing for this Cardi B performance. I've never done live TV. You know, you're an actor, so you know, you know, she's a Broadway. She did Broadway too. She's a stage actor. She's a real, the real deal. So I really looked to her for this kind of advice. And she came over, and I did the whole performance, and she was like, "That was really great." And um, you know, she's like, "You need to do something that scares you." And I always think that now, every performance, something that scares you. And I was like, okay, but like, you know, I can't like really like do anything too crazy. You know, she's like, 
yeah, that was great. And I did the performance. She's like, yeah, that was great, baby. Um, you know, you looked really pretty, um, but you need to do something that scares you and you need to do something like crazy. Like, and I was like, no, babe. She kept resisting me. I kept trying to like, like nudge her towards actually because she grew up and I know this world because I, you know, kind of grew up in it too, but she went to Juilliard and, you know, Royal Academy of Music and she was a classical pianist. And what they are told is to be invisible. Mm. It's only about the piano. It's only about the music. Wow. But Chloe has that background and she's, but she wants to be Chloe and her generation's Liberace. Those are like performers. There's a difference, right? But she, it's so instilled in her. So I was like, you've got to like bounce your head. Nod your head. You have rhythm. She's like more, bigger, bigger. And she kept resisting me. <laughs> I have chills. So finally, she looked me dead ass, dead ass in the eyes, looked at me and she goes, okay, baby, that was beautiful, but you just won't be a star. And, <gasps> no. And that's okay. And I was like, wait. I was like, wait. And then she's like, no, it's okay, baby. You don't have to be a star. You can just do a great performance and you can look beautiful wow. and be safe. And I was like, Fuck. So I looked at that camera, you know, we didn't really practice that because we didn't know the camera was going to be there. But I looked at that camera with the Nas little <laughs> voice in my head like, you don't have to be a star. I was like, oh, my God, I want to be a star. <laughs> she was a rock star at that, that fucking piano. And literally, she went viral. Viral. I remember you stole the show. That is yeah. such a good story. I'm so glad you shared that. Because, like, that's real friendship, right? Not afraid to hurt your feelings. She really helped me. Not afraid to hurt my feelings, but also really cared. She really cared. She didn't have to. She didn't have to keep pushing me, pushing me. She kept pushing me. But now it's it's in you now. That's Sanaa. That like she she's my performance <laughs> coach. If you ever want to know why I perform the way I do, you can thank Sanaa Lathan, everyone. I mean, not a not a bad performance coach to have. <laughs> not- exactly, exactly. And your your teachers are, are rolling in their grave, right? Your your <laughs> classical piano teacher. They are. They're. They're like, what the hell? Well, that's and my what mom. I love. You, you're, yeah, but... you're paving your own way. Like, there's no one that's doing what you're doing. Uh-huh. And you need, I mean, it sounds like, Sanaa, you're just as authentically supportive. Because you could have just said it once and said your piece. But you really wanted her to win. I love that. I mean, how amazing was that? Sanaa needs to write a book. She really does because she's not only like she walks the walk and she's been doing it for a long time. So I love listening to people like that the most. I know. And honestly, don't you feel like you took a class in uh, the Sanaa Lathan School of Spirituality? I feel like I have a PhD. You have a PhD. (laughs) I'm just starting. I'm an undergrad, but I'm going to get there. (laughs) She's a great teacher. So you will get there fast. Um, More more talks, more FaceTimes, more hanging out. I'm so I'm so excited to to continue this conversation with you guys. Me too. Thank you so much, Sana, for joining us. That was yes. such a beautiful interview. And we would love to have you back anytime to just give us all the guidance. Yay! That's it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week with a new episode. Make sure you follow Core Self on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And of course, follow us on Instagram at Mona Van and at Miss Chloe Flower. See you next week.